0: Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Krillo, and today we're going to be discussing reasons why I decline partner deals. Now as real estate investing becomes more and more popular, our company is regularly contacted to partner in joint venture and syndication deals. Now we welcome these inquiries but we typically turn them down and I want to share some reasons why my firm turns down these deals, what we look for, and how this can help you be a better partner, joint venture partner, and syndicator. So. Number one reason is that someone just forwards us a broker's package with no underwriting. And they're hoping we will review, we haven't seen the deal, we'll underwrite it, and then we'll include them in the deal as finding the deal. Now, this just doesn't work. We require, pretty much any group's going to require you to underwrite the package and then bring it to a group. And then you say, well, this all checks all these boxes. You check now their underwriting, and your group can make their decision. The next one is no experience or not enough experience in real estate investing. Now that does not require that each person on the general partnership needs to be an experienced syndicator, but the lead partners need to be experienced working with property managers, contractors, lenders, raising money, et cetera. And it's important that this happens because in addition to not having enough experience, we normally hear new syndicators name drop well-known syndicators and investors on deals. And once we drill down and we find out what this well-known investor is is doing, usually they're just signing on the loan. You know, they're not providing any additional value. They're not providing any capital, uh, no investor capital. And This is not a true general partner that you're working with. This is just someone that's signing on debt. You know, A true general partner invests their own money, raises money for the deal, and assists the group with asset management. Or investor relations, you know, finding, uh, dealing with contractors, all this kind of stuff. Now, someone that just signs on debt only cares if the deal's value drops below the value of the debt. For example, you know, you purchase a property for a million dollars, a key principal. So the guarantor in the loan signs on a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar loan. They only care if the property doesn't drop below seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and if it makes money. They get a percentage. It's it's not a true partner. A true partner is one that wants this million dollar property to you know make it to one point two five or one point five or two million, so they can actually sell it and make a profit for themselves and also their pro, uh, their partners, their uh, investors. So next one is no experience with a specific property. Now they, for example, are multifamily syndicators and now they want to develop a property but they have you know, no previous construction experience. Well, that's a big one. Or it's going for a different asset class, right? They were working in multifamily, now it's self-storage, and there's no one new on the team that's going to help them bridge that uh, experience knowledge gap. Uh, another one now is big is because bridge loans are, are big now. And does the group know how to manage a deal well enough to utilize a bridge loan? I mean, a bridge loan's a, a higher risk source of financing, source of debt, but the thing though is that it can be used correctly, but there's going to be shorter timeframes on it, and there's also most likely going to be increases after three years in the cost of that debt if it's not refinanced or sold. Next is not putting enough money into the deal themselves. Now, a group wants to be a lead syndicator on the deal, but is bringing little or no money themselves to the deal. Well, this is a huge red flag. It is one thing to find a good deal, uh, and with little money and bring it to a group, but the group that is the lead operator also needs to invest their own money. Typically we want to see the lead group find the deal, underwrite it, and put it under contract with an earnest money deposit before we partner. Right shows that they believe in the deal, they're putting their own money up, and in today's day and age, a lot of that money is going hard very quickly. Next is not bringing enough money to the deal. Now you want the lead syndicators and operators to raise a substantial amount of the capital. And I'm not saying like 75% but 15% plus something around in this this ballpark usually we'll see it at like 20% or 25%. Yes, with big syndicators there are normally several partners on the deal and they all pitch it but you want to see an operator believe in the deal and it's usually uh, normally shown by raising money and investing their own funds themselves. Uh, Another one is that um, when we're told the story or what the business plan is, uh, it comes down and there's one big investor or partner in the deal. And that could be a limited partner, that could be someone else. And when it's one big investor, uh, hey, it's a $2 million raise, but we have someone that's putting a million dollars in. That's a huge red flag. Or um, it's also someone that, uh, and that's for two things. First of all, they might not invest, right? So if someone's putting in half the money on the limited partner side, they could just say, nope, and it's not like any of this stuff is legally binding until they sign the documents and wire the money. So there's not really recourse you have, nor would you want to go down that route. And the second thing is too, is that if you're a large investor on a deal and it's coming to the uh, you know the eighth hour, right? It's, it's something where you can now rewrite the deal and you're able to maybe put yourself more of a a higher spot in the deal you might want to control the deal and if this group has no other way of raising say that million dollars you might be taking that limited partner is now might be on the general partnership. And this is a problem if you're raising money for the deal as well. So one big investor or one big partner, it's a huge red flag. And I'd rather see out of that um, $2 million raise, I'd rather see a ton of fifteen dollars and $100,000 investors versus one that's five hundred or a million unless there's some vetting done to make sure that this person is going to actually... Uh, wire the money in, and uh, actually wants to be a limited partner. Next is a short time frame. Now, to work on a syndication deal properly, um, general partners need a 45 plus days before closing. This is something for us. I mean, we want to be brought into a deal if it's uh, something that we're not finding. We want to be brought into this deal right around the time that the PSA, Purchase and Sale Agreement, is signed. Even better when they're negotiating out the LOI, Letter of Intent, but. 45 days allows you to uh, review the property yourself with your own underwriters. It re- allows you to, um, you know, craft all the marketing materials, send them out to your investors. It allows you, you know, 30 plus days to actually speak with investors. I mean, the last thing you want to do is send out an email and tell them, hey, you know, money has to be in by next Thursday, and you're, it's totally unprofessional. And I would never invest that way. So when I bring it, I will listen to people that have these deals, but we will usually turn them down. Because, you know, obviously someone fell out from their team and we're just kind of an afterthought, which we don't want to do. And we also, you know, when you're bringing an investor money to a deal, you have to make sure that everything lines up. Uh, Next we see is inconsistent splits with risk. Or experience. Now, a lot of new syndicators do not want to share the deal in order to get it done correctly. Now, this is a big thing with commercial real estate and syndications. It's a team sport. It really is. You need people, usually, the person sourcing the deal is not going to be the person raising the majority of the money, and the person doing asset management is probably not the person that was underrating and all this type of stuff. And someone coming from like a single family real estate background um, usually does everything themselves. So, coming into commercial is a completely different mindset. And you know, I recently turned on a deal since a new group did not want to partner with a group I work with that's already in the market where this property is. And they had several assets in this market already and this asset would have just been plugged into the existing group's kind of system, I call it. Um, you know, you're utilizing their contractors, property manager, asset manager, backend software, etc. And this is important if you're, uh, lim- you know, if you're investing as a limited partner or as a general partner. If the group you're partnering with already has uh, a system set up there, right? They already have like two or three properties, let's say, or more, and um, they have their Property manager, he's perfect. They have a contractors uh, for doing all of the renovation and value add. Um, they have a asset manager that's visiting there from their group um, or on calls with the property manager all the time. They have the back end software all set. Um, I mean, this is just a plug and play. It's really, as I call it, like printing money because you're utilizing their whole system. They have already set up, they spent time, years fine tuning, and now you're just plugging in a new asset to it. And you're also probably getting a better management fee and contractor fee all across the board because you're getting that scales of economy. So when I hear someone that doesn't want to do that and give a part of the deal to give it to uh, having the lead be a seasoned operator, that's something where I probably will turn down. Um, next and uh, final is sometimes it's just the wrong time. You know, if we just close a deal or we're closing one now. And a lot of our resources are in there. I mean, once a property closes, uh, it's really three months to six months in what I call the initial stabilization period. And what that means is that you're really figuring out everything about the property. Now, obviously, you did your due diligence, you did your underwriting on the property, but there's things that you just don't know about the property. Um, And this is where that kind of washes out. And this is where issues that, hey, I thought, you know, we, this roof was going to be 12 months on the road but now it's happening now well that's fine but we're going to have to bring that contractor right now we have to do this and you really figure out hundred percent what's going on with all the units in the properties and fine-tune what your value add business plan is going to be at that point in the sense of time frames right um, sometimes you might say we had on a property before where um, we had a sewer backing up under a unit we go hey when this unit vacates and we're thinking maybe like you know 12 months or something you'll probably vacate um, it actually ended up like two weeks after we bought it so so we were just okay, fine. This money was in reserve. Now we're doing this work. Now it's vacated. Let's pull up the floor. Let's do it correctly. And then renovate it, the unit and then re-rent it out. So um, you're, you know, anything that happens, you can't control. Especially when you're buying a hundred units, you have a hundred different families, hundreds of different people in that in that complex, and now you're um, trying to figure out exactly you know fine-tuning the business plan for actual events because the business plan is really just a pro forma of what you think is gonna happen and um, if you do it correctly you know everything will fall into place uh, for the most part right but um, the problem is that uh, if you haven't said or haven't um, managed or estimated issues to happen that's where the problems uh, start so it's important that timing is correct for you and also your investors, and uh, because you might have investors, the bulk of your investors might have just invested in your last deal, and you're bringing a deal to them 30 days later, right? Um, where you really should probably be working on the deal you just closed, um, but it's uh, it's all it's all timing uh, for the most part when it comes to these syndications. So please remember to rate, review, subscribe, submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com. Look forward to two more episodes next week. See you then.